Waking Up From Work podcast. My name is Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Hey, and welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You are listening to episode three zero today. We just hit 30 episodes by doing today, and I'm really excited to still be around here. So for those of you just tuning in now to what we're up to, if you've joined in because you got you know sucked in with someone that was a guest recently, or you're just joining us in some way, first of all, thank you. Thank you for being here. Second of all, we are about getting to work making work our passion. And what that means is I have a background working in creative or doing side hustle and working towards what I want to do is what's sometimes seen as an alternate career. And I needed to create something to vent and voice that and also learn from people and take in best practices and things that they have to keep myself engaged, keep networking, and keep learning on how to grow that business and grow that lifestyle. And I created this podcast to do that to help you and to help myself. So if you're just joining us, the Waking Up From Work podcast is about artists, musicians, creatives, entrepreneurs, small business, and just people trying to pursue the life that they want to do instead of kind of this old American dream that I see built up over the years of just do the thing. It's it's really just creating what it is that you want to do and finding ways to do that. So today is episode 30, like I said. I'm flying solo again. Uh, just life has been really rocky and Ryan and I have been trying to connect the best that we possibly can and it hasn't been always on point for how we can do that. So today I'm flying solo. I'm going to keep it nice and short for you. And I wanted to address something that I'm seeing in my day-to-day for the past couple weeks, which is social media for small business and social media for advertising in general. And so I'm going to first put out a disclaimer. I am not a pro marketer. I have really just started to touch the surface of this stuff for maybe the past year. And I would say that for a long time, I really just don't enjoy it most of the time. And I tried to stay away from it and just be like, listen, I'm not doing it. And I came to the conclusion that it's just not an option. In today's business, it's just not an option not to capitalize on social media. And so I really started getting after it. And with my my day job right now and with this podcast and with music and everything, I'm 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 using it in a bunch of different ways. And I wanted to share some of the things that are working for me, some of the things that I like. Um, and also some of the trends that I'm seeing in the industry. And I definitely want to hear from those of you that are stronger than me because there's a bunch. Some of the things that are working for you guys. So what's happened for me is I'm part of multiple chambers of commerce in New Hampshire. And so I'm meeting a lot of small business, small to big. And one thing that I saw between them and also musicians and artists right now who are coming up without labels, which is super standard right now and good for you, keep it that way till you have to, is a combined need for getting more into social media than ever before. And the reason is because a lot of things have changed in it in that space with how they're working organically now 
and we don't have the luxury that we used to have where we might not be as engaged in social media. And then when we do make a post, it just has huge engagement and huge outreach and huge worth. You know, we post every once, every two weeks or so. It's just not like that now. Things have changed quite a bit and they're going to keep changing. So unfortunately, this episode won't be evergreen. You'll listen to this whenever it's still out there and it might not be relevant, but hopefully some of the things will keep your your head spinning to look for the right strategies at that time. But here's what I'm seeing is for some people, this might be super, super, super basic. And I'm sorry, you can skip ahead or bail on this episode. For some people, this might be over your head. I just wanted to use this episode to talk about social media strategy right now for what I see and really the people that are hurting on on needing to get in the game. So circling back to these chambers of commerce, when I'm meeting these small businesses, you know, say you own your body shop for cars or you own your, you know, your sewing place or I'm meeting people just doing like they may have, they have a hot sauce, right? They sell a hot sauce or they have just a startup brewery or whatever it is that I'm meeting people, there are surprisingly a lot of people in 2019 that first of all don't have social media accounts or if they do, they created it and bailed on it. And that's tough because that's really like not having a website like five years ago is what that's essentially like. And like by that, I mean, there are people that I'm meeting where they don't even have a Facebook page for their business or an Instagram page for their business. And all of these things are so subjective and relative to what you do for a business. I understand that if you're doing B2B marketing for, you know, lending or something like that, it might not make sense for you to be on TikTok yet, but everyone should have a Facebook page. That's just a bottom line. Facebook is a monster. They're not going anywhere. And they're, the demographics have leaked out to be such an older demographic. Everyone's there. You have to have that. And I'm seeing people just not have social media. So first of all, if you're a business out there and you're just starting up, or maybe you have a side hustle that you really intend to be a business, but you haven't really got it kicking yet, just do yourself a favor. Just make it. Even if you're not going to be crushing it and active on it yet because you have other stuff and you're not fully active yet, just make some of these accounts and just get it established and working. That would be one thing that... I'm seeing that's been scaring me a little bit from the business community, at least here in New Hampshire. You know, I'm sure that people, you know, down in Boston are a little bit more on top of it, but here in rural New Hampshire, some of us are not quick on it. So first step is if you don't have that stuff, please, please just start tasting it and understanding it and getting it established. And then you can learn it as you go. That's one thing that I'm seeing. Um, Another thing that I wanted to talk about for those of you that have social media up and running you're probably seeing that your posts are not getting engagement or they're not getting seen or they're just not really doing a lot. And I'm definitely seeing that myself. And it's a battle that I'm currently facing and currently figuring out what to do to address. But just a couple episodes, I think episode 28, I talked to Jose about video for artists and why I thought it was so important. I want to be really clear. I think video is unreal important for every single person right now M- more than ever. I've I've been behind on getting on top of it. It was important a good bit ago and now it's just like you you have to produce video. And unfortunately, you know, not everyone's comfortable on video. 
It doesn't mean that you yourself have to be on video. You can do video content of other things. You don't have to be on the video. It can be video content of anything. It can literally be B-roll video content of this microphone in slow motion. It can be, it can be video of anything, but it has to be used to make your statements on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn now, which I'll talk about later. It's ridiculous, but it is more important than ever that you're creating video content for everything that you do that is important to you to be able to get engagement on social. Couple reasons for that. First of all, Facebook and Instagram are, are in a battle right now with YouTube fighting to become YouTube, okay? That battle is going to go for another couple of years. Someone's going to win that. YouTube is creating YouTube stories, becoming more like Instagram and Facebook and realizing that they need more of the social aspect in there to engage people to be on their platform for different reasons. Facebook and Instagram realized that they had a lot of engagement and conversations happening, but people would leave because of links to go to YouTube, okay? So here's what's happening. When you post YouTube links or links of video content on other platforms, on those social media platforms, they hate that shit, they nerf it, and they will make it so that it literally gets seen by no one. So if you post a YouTube link to your music video on Facebook right now, you know, it's not probably going to do that well. If you post video direct to Facebook, they want that there and they want people to watch videos on it. So they are going to help you get that seen, especially if it starts getting seen by a lot of people, they're really going to help that get seen. So I encourage you to make video content because of the way that the platforms are duking it out right now and the way that they are looking at it. I also you encourage you to make video content in your posts because of the way that people's attention span has changed over the past five, 10 years is unreal. You know, my attention span has always been garbage anyway, as a human. Okay. I can see what my attention spans also done with technology's effect on me over the past 10 years. And that is why I'm doing all this running training because I need to run 10 miles on the weekend or 12 miles or whatever it is. I need to run like crazy so that I get rid of all this access attention span deficit so I can come back in and I can mix or I can come back in and I can focus and get shit done. People's attention is unreal right now. Super quick, super liquid. It can't be held. Okay. So posting a video for your post for the things that you want to do is important also because people will pay attention to video. What I was saying in episode 28 with Jose is there's a natural curiosity about people where some type of written content, we're really quick with skimming that and being able to block out what's relevant and not relevant to us quickly. With video content, it's almost an emotional pull. It's not as much about finding out whether it's relevant or not to us so much as for a little bit of time, we're really intrigued by, okay, where is this person going to walk? What is going to happen next to this? That's why people like movies and they like music and they like other forms of creative that we consume because we want to figure out what is happening with this versus writing. We will really quickly black and white. I don't care or I do care about it. So say you have your motor shop or you have your brewery or you have your band or you have your podcast or anything that you're doing, 
I really encourage you, you know, take the step and get in the game and then figure out what type of video that you're comfortable with making because it doesn't make sense for you to do something you're not uncomfortable, you're not comfortable with if it's not going to work for you, right? And then start creating that video and then use that during your posts as much as you possibly can. I'm about to work a lot with Gregory, who is on this thread right now, and some other people to start putting out more video than ever for the podcast, more video forever with my recording stuff, more video than really on every aspect that's important to me. Video is going to be coming out uh, with my band too. We just did a music video. All of that's important to get out there for you if you haven't started that yet. So I want to talk about the different platforms and this is what's really not going to be evergreen because this is going to change like it already has. So I already talked about it a little bit with Facebook and Instagram. For those of you that don't know, Facebook bought Instagram a while ago, okay? And they're functioning very similar and they're also linked up in a lot of different ways for advertisement, which is good and bad. So in those two, because they're owned by the same company, um, I would say that from what I've experimented in advertising with them, and this is where there will be people way ahead of me because I've really just started touching this and it's been out for a while. But what I'm seeing with it is the cost for Facebook and Instagram advertising is great still. Okay. It's not going to be for too, too much longer because companies are super aware that it's relevant. But the cost for you to be able to get in front of a lot of people is incredible. On those two platforms, there is still stuff that you can do organically, which just means that you're not paying for it. So that's those videos that will help you get more organic reach, as well as for my last EP release show for my band. It can be annoying sometimes, but I direct messaged as many people that I thought would benefit or enjoy the music as possible and asked them to share only the most important things about the process possible because I don't want to be annoying as hell. So really for my EP release show and for my music video, direct messaging people to ask them to share every person sharing from their own Facebook or Instagram that organic reach starts getting a multiplication because other people share it or they like it. That still works really well. So that's a great way still to get organic reach from there as well as the video content. If you are going to do paid ads, um, definitely watch some YouTube videos on them. When I actually know more of what I'm doing with it, I might make some content for you, but right now I don't feel confident enough to deliver that well. But I will tell you that I'm seeing good results from the amount of money that I put in versus what I'm getting out of reach from it has been pretty good. Um, to look at, let's see, uh, scheduled posts on Facebook that came out maybe two or three months ago. That has been super good in terms of keeping consistency on content. For those of you that don't know on that, you can actually now schedule Facebook posts from your page for your business or your music or whatever it is. And I try to time that with times of day that I know that people are going to be more active. So most of us have a job during the day where it's pretty consistent of not being able to be on social media. Maybe at lunch you're checking it, but try to think about when do people check their social media? I think of my life, I think of when I see my wife or my friends that I'm staying with and I try to watch and see what do people do. And 
you know, you're probably going to wake up, have breakfast. You might check social a little bit. Somewhere on lunch, you're most likely going to check it. And at nighttime, you're most likely going to check it. Maybe anywhere between 5.30, 6.30, you're on the couch, you're still in your work clothes. It's before you're going to do dinner. You know, maybe you're grabbing a beer like me and drinking too many beers, you know, and you're checking social. Not everyone does that, but a lot of people do that. So what's cool about the scheduling thing is you can actually schedule to times where people will be the most engaged. That's really cool. And I've been seeing good results from that. So, you know, if you're trying to make a schedule and you're really busy, sometimes batching out things like that, maybe you have a day where you schedule out your Facebook content. Maybe you have a day, which I should really do, where you do a content day where you actually do all of your podcasting or video or anything. I kind of suck at this right now, but doing that to save yourself time and also planning that to have the best organic engagement is really good with saving time and having those posts come out at times where they make sense because you have to think that feed gets filled up every day. So people, if you put it in the middle of the day and a lot of people are out in the middle of the day, People are going to scroll right past that or they're not even going to get to it when they pop in there. So try doing that and see what you get from it. Every person's brand is going to be different with what makes sense for them for time of day. Um, going live is really big. I'm going live right now and it's great to have all of you on here. Um, I think that people like live because it shows what's actually happening. You can actually see my cat hanging out, you know, and he's a good dude. You can actually see my bald head behind this podcast, which is kind of neat, I guess. Um, but, but going live, um, there's a lot that you can do with it. You can kind of announce different things that you have for it. You can do things that are Q and a, and for those of you who haven't tried it, a lot of my guests have really loved this and haven't done it themselves. I really like going live on Instagram or Facebook and inviting someone in and doing like a split FaceTime. And so it connects to both audiences. And so people of my guests that want to engage with the episodes to understand what information they relayed are now seeing from their crowd that I've never talked to and they don't know who I am and vice versa. People from the podcast will then go see those people who are my guests and maybe they are interested in Sarah's clothing line or maybe they're interested in Greg's videos or whatever it may be, then they go check them out. So taking people's audiences and crossing them together live is awesome for a couple things because it shows you as a person which people buy from people or they relate to other people, right? And it also connects audiences that wouldn't have connected before and it bypasses anything that's organic or un- or inorganic in terms of the way that social media looks at what you're putting out there because they don't have the ability to regulate that or go through everyone's live feed and try to nerf or block anything right now because it's just too much at the moment and it's too fresh. So I'm really into live for that. Um, let's see. Twitter, I suck at. If anyone has any any possible advice on Twitter, I would love to hear it. I think part of it has become, I don't enjoy that platform for some reason. I don't know what it is, but I don't enjoy it. So I suck at it because I don't try that hard. I think that from my viewpoint on it, it's very good at direct communication with people. Like I've reached out on Twitter to 
musicians or businesses or people that I look up to and I directly say, hey, I love this thing that you do or hey, what's up or anything. And people seem to respond on Twitter quicker than like if you try to get into like a general purpose email or even direct message on Instagram, people are just so hot to press that direct message on Instagram. Then in Twitter, I do like that people seem to respond to you. And so I do like it as a communication tool, but I've always done poorly there for being able to actually engage with different people. I'm sure that if I went all in and I start like talking with people on there all day, I'm on it all the time. I'm following hashtags that are geolocated. I know that there's a way that I can make that happen. For me, it just seems like they've been falling a little bit behind on what it is that they're supposed to fill in the marketplace or they're getting beaten up a little bit. But Twitter hasn't been a great tool for me. If anyone has a best practice or something that's been working good on there, or even a story where you're like, Twitter is literally my favorite. I would love if you mentioned after this video on the comments and let me know like what's worked for you. But for me, it's been kind of tough. Um, for those who are in the B2B space, for those of you that you know started your own business and you want people that have other businesses to buy or see what you do, if you are not on LinkedIn, that's a huge problem right now. LinkedIn flipped from what it used to be. And I, I didn't pay attention to it for a little bit because of that. So a lot of people join LinkedIn because they wanted almost like for job searching purposes, people to be able to see their business or see where they work at. And there wasn't really much in that feed going on before. It was really, I'm on LinkedIn and this is what I do and this is what you do. And still, you know, they've always been pretty number one for people getting in touch with leads or sales or getting jobs at other places or getting to find out who it is at those businesses that is the point of contact. It's always been a tool for that. So I don't take that away from LinkedIn. But what's happened in the past year or two that's really weird in my head is LinkedIn has become a content platform and it's not going to stop. It's going to get even more than it ever did before. And that's why it's important right now to get on LinkedIn if you are concerned with B2B or using your small business to sell to services for other small businesses. Because now video, once again, written content is huge on LinkedIn, which is awesome for people that are super introvert because your, your, your words can actually go very far on LinkedIn and like article content. So there's a lot of different things that you can do for mediums and there's a lot of different reach that you can do right now on LinkedIn that is awesome. So right now for my day job, I write a lot of LinkedIn content and you can do articles that are specific to helping people with things. So I've written stuff on event planning or I've written it on different techniques for doing live sound or I've written it on, you know, what, what some of these things can do for your business. And I get people because of hashtags on there, which they do use and people will start to make fun of you if they don't understand it. But hashtags on LinkedIn work very well. Don't go crazy. Don't do the ridiculous stuff, but use hashtags on LinkedIn. People will find your content organically on there better than Facebook and Instagram right now, which is super refreshing. So 
you will have people reach out from different corners of the world because you've used hashtags or you've written content on relevant information. And definitely any types of tagging on organizations on there or video content specific to certain trades, people are going through and they're looking up, you know, if it's, if you're a podcaster, they're looking up and finding all podcasting material on that and they're connecting more than a lot of different platforms. So if you're not on LinkedIn for that, I really recommend it. For me, for YouTube, circling back to video, that's something that I feel like I was way behind on. And it's hurt me a lot where my video content doesn't do well on YouTube. And I think that there are growing pains happening on the platform right now, trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, So if you're starting up on YouTube right now, I think consistency is really good. But that is another thing that I would love to hear about anyone doing well on YouTube, because I know that there's a few, quite a few out there. You know, I think a lot of it, they change keyword optimization quite a bit. They change the way that people are searching. What I will say on this is I really encourage you to make a YouTube channel. You don't have to get 1 million views on your videos and you don't have to be a big YouTuber or anything crazy like that. But the bare minimum thing that it's going to do if you're generating YouTube video consistently to a channel is that it is a search engine. It's like the second biggest search engine in the world next to normal Google or search engines, right? Is YouTube. And it's it's a lot of different content that people are looking at. It's the stuff that makes people intrigued, which is, is it educational? People go to YouTube to learn everything. Or is it fun? People go to YouTube to watch stupid shit all the time. And those are the two things that people really care about is, am I being educated on it or am I watching it to relax? And is it fun to watch? And is it entertaining to watch? But just by having your content on there and listing who you are, what it's going to do for your business, for your website, or now for your social and other things that you do is when people search for you on Google, because Google owns that and it's the second biggest search engine, it's going to help you with search results. So I'm on there. I'm doing really shitty on it. I also haven't focused on it as much as this podcast or on Instagram and Facebook, but definitely if you haven't yet, if you're one of the people that doesn't have that Facebook page with that, make a YouTube channel and make some content that's short and just maybe it's helpful on, this is my product. This is our story. This is me. This is how to do something. Whatever it is that you want to do, Just get some stuff going on there at the bare minimum to make it so that your search results are better than they used to be. And then the last one that I wanted to cover in terms of a platform platform is TikTok. And this is another thing that I'm not great at yet, but I want to put it on everyone's radar if it hasn't because it started as early people seeing it as an opportunity saying, hey, get on TikTok. It's important. It now webbed out to I'll be on LinkedIn or I'll be on just the web. And I am seeing like leaders in the industry for advertising starting to now say to other people, hey, TikTok's a thing, like pay attention to it. And obviously, you know, this where it's at right now, it's still young enough that it could go away. But for those of you that don't know what it is at all, TikTok is a a video content app and site 
that is really short micro videos almost always is accompanied by music. It's super hand in hand by music. Where it came from is it used to be musically. So you might have seen kids doing like lip syncing videos or videos with music. And for me, it feels like like Vine back in the day, like all the people who did Vine or kids that consumed Vine, they're really good on TikTok because they get super short, quick videos of like very choppy, very to the point, super fast attention span. They work really well for younger kids. The reason why TikTok is good is the organic reach is ridiculous. People will see your videos if they're on there. What's hard about TikTok is it is so demographically specific to a specific age group that I see. It's really younger kids. They're, they're, they're now, because it's popular and people know about it, people are coming in. You know, people like me come in there and make the shittiest content ever and get nothing. You know, I'm trying to figure it out and trying to learn it. So I'm just looking at content on it, right? But if you are a B2C or you're something that would make sense for kids to know about, even if you're an artist and you're writing music that is relevant to younger kids and you know that they will like your music, TikTok's really good to be on. And even for me as an indie artist, Believe it or not, my music for my band Broadwing is available on TikTok. And so what that means is that if someone wanted to make a video and have it backed up by one of my songs, they can do random things that they want to do. If they're going on a trip somewhere and they're hiking or they're outside doing dance routines or whatever they're doing, they can use my song to back that video up. And all that's doing is it's making it so that if that younger demographic wants to, if they get engaged with your music, they can now do something with your music backed by it, tagged to it, that all of their friends can see organically well. Or if you're a business and you sell, I don't know, like they're not as popular now, but like say like the hoverboard trend came out, right? Right when that hoverboard trend was hot and TikTok was hot at that same point, if I was a hoverboard company i would be doing content on tiktok like nonstop. like everything that i did for videos of me on this hoverboard or doing cool shit on it would be backed by music on tiktok quickly and it wouldn't be focused on that product because that's not cool right but i would i have maybe have that in there anything that would go well with that audience right now on there is a great place to be at because you can do a lot of damage cheaply if anyone's crushing it on there i would love to hear about it my content all sucks on there because I just put stuff up so I could understand what was happening. And I don't think that I did any of it specific to that age group at all. Like they just hate it. Like they kind of hate on it with comments too. It's really funny. But uh, (laughs) if anyone's doing good on there, I'd love to hear it. And then the last one guys is podcasting, which I'm doing right now. So I do podcasting because I can sit here in my room by myself and I can talk to someone and it feels good to talk to people, right? So I was felt isolated going after my side hustle and I was like, there have to be other people out there. There are millions, which is really funny to understand. There's a ridiculous amount of people doing the same thing. This gave me a chance to voice what I wanted. It also gave me a chance to connect with people like you guys and get ideas from you, network with you, and you know, hopefully when I put content out, it's helpful to you. And 
I get things back too. People feel more comfortable with me or they want to engage with the things that I do, which makes it so that more opportunities pop up. But at the end of the day, podcasting is a huge tool for business. Podcasting, once again, can be great for introverted people. You don't have to go live with it. You don't have to do video with it. You can do it and have plenty of time to edit things out if you don't like what you put out on it. You can do it without being on a camera. And it's something that people consume almost passively because with video, the downside to it is that someone has to sit there and watch that video, which is why it's hard for long form video. With a podcast, I can be in my truck driving to work. I can be walking my dog. I can be on my runs. I can be cooking. It can be cleaning. I can be doing anything, right? And I can consume podcasts. People like to listen to podcasts specific to the things that they like. So you attract other people that like the things that you like, which is awesome because then you meet people that are similar to you and can talk to them. And that's pretty much what people like to do socially anyway. So if you don't have a podcast for your business, I really encourage you to do it. It's become super, super popular, which is why me and everyone else in the world does have a podcast. But, uh, you know, you can always benefit if you're, if you're a lawn service, right? Maybe you might think out there that it doesn't make sense for you to have a podcast and that it's, they're not going to listen. But if I'm the guy that cares a lot about my yard, right? And I really give a shit about when I need to be fertilizing it. When do I need to cut it? Should I be doing grass shavings on it? Should I not? You know, like that, whatever, right? I might listen to that podcast. You might not think that I would, but I might listen to that podcast and I might consume a bunch of that content because I'm really engaged with it and then find out you're also in New Hampshire and I need services for my yard because I really give a shit about that yard. So don't underestimate and think that people won't listen to it because you're niched into whatever you're doing. People will listen to it and the content can be so specific to what it is that you like to do. So that's kind of my spiel on where I'm at for social. Um, I talked about it on episode 28. If you're a musician out there, in terms of video, I think that it's not an option to release music and not have a video with it. You know, MTV back in the day, right? Music videos. Once again, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a pro music video every song that you release. You don't have to go out and spend five grand on a music video and have a ridiculously amazing music video with every song. That's not what I'm saying because I don't have the money to do that. What I'm saying is that every song that you should, that you release, you should make a video with it. It can be like, there's a band that I really like called the front bottoms. They have a song that they literally just did high quality video on probably GoPros of them like riding bikes around like New York or, or, or Philly or something fast paced. And it had a story of like them eventually taking a piece of a fence and throwing it into the water. That's so simple. That's literally just them going out for a day and doing something. But for whatever reason, putting that with their song that I already like, I will watch that whole thing the whole way through. I don't know why. I don't know why it's entertaining to me that much to watch people ride bikes quickly around New York 
and then throw a fence post in the water, but I had to watch it. If you're an artist, please try releasing a video with every single song that you do every time, at least right now, because I think it does matter, especially when I'm going back to what I was saying on social. You can take little clips of that and kind of build it up to a release of it. You can take clips of that and remind people that you have a show. You can do all sorts of things to kind of build your brand and show people what matters to you as an artist or a business. But overall, that's kind of my take on what's been working for me on social, my take on who should be using social. And at the end of the day, guys, like don't get burnt on it. I, of all people, completely understand that where I just, (laughs) I don't know, I talk to people so much and I, I don't like being on social hooked on it in a way that it's just consuming my life. So I'm not asking you to, to give away, you know, the yard like that. But I think it's really important now more than ever that you're developing what it is that your game plan is on there and you're doing something consistently in a way that works for you on there and at least understanding what you do have the ability and don't have the ability to do with these platforms now before you're behind like I was on other things because I feel it and I hit myself in the I don't know I kick myself is that the term I kick myself all the time being like I wish I got on YouTube 10 years ago I wish I got on podcasting five years ago I wish I got on Instagram when organic was so good and you know what I mean there's a lot of things when I look back that I wish that I was after And I am happy with what I've been able to do to understand things now that I want you to also experience. If you haven't had them, I'd like you to have the benefits uh, quicker. So that's going to be a real short episode from us. That was a lot of talking for one person, which is why I like to do two people on a podcast because I'm short of breath at this moment after speaking for 40 minutes straight. Okay, so that is episode 30. I have a lot of other stuff coming for you guys in the next couple weeks that will be some different types of guests that I think will be kind of cool. Some music, some business, and uh, we're going to keep this thing rolling. If you want to check out this episode and you know the show notes for it, you can go to wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes, look at episode 30, and I'll mark out some of those notes for you. If you want to see my videos, I put videos up every single week on IGTV. So at Dave Wake Up, you can see that stuff there. And uh, if you want to see my other stuff, I don't know, it's linked up in all those different ways. I do want to say I appreciate you guys for being with me for 30 episodes. And uh, thank you guys for another episode of the Waking Up From Work podcast. Peace. Get ready to hustle.